The quickest way to get defeated in a war is to think that you're not in one when in fact you are. I think St. Mark would like that opening line of my homily this morning. He'd like it because war is one of the themes of the gospel he wrote 2,000 years ago, which is the gospel that we will hear on most Sundays from now until the end of the liturgical year in November. And this war that Mark writes about in his gospel is no ordinary war over things that don't really matter in the end, like earthly power and land and material possessions. The war that Mark writes about in his gospel is a cosmic war, a cosmic war that affects everybody. It affects the eternal destiny of every person who has lived and is living and will live on planet Earth until the end of time. This war, of course, is between Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and the devil. And although it had already been going on since Jesus' birth, and in a certain sense even before that, the war definitely intensified at the very beginning of our Lord's earthly ministry. We see that in today's Gospel story from Mark chapter 1. Here we are, only 21 verses into the Gospel, into the book, and Jesus already has a major confrontation with the devil and his minions. Notice the combative language here in this text, the combative language that the demons use when they address our Lord. They say to him, what have you to do to, with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? That's what armies do in war, is it not? They kill their enemies and they destroy things. Now the good news is, Jesus has already won the war. Cosmically speaking, the war against Satan was won by Jesus through his passion, death, and resurrection. That's the victory we celebrate at this Mass. That's the victory we celebrate at every Mass. But the war continues. It continues against us. Yes, Jesus has conquered the devil. He's made eternal life possible for us and for every human person. But we are not there yet. We have not arrived. For us, the fight, the good fight of faith, is not over. Here it's important to note, I would say, that the devil is a very poor loser. His attitude is, well, I couldn't get Jesus, but I can still get those pathetic human creatures that he loves so much. And he will try to do that incessantly every single day of our lives here on planet Earth. In chapter 12 of the book of Revelation, we read these words. Then the dragon, that is to say Satan, became angry with the woman, that's Mary, and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep God's commandments and bear witness to Jesus. That's us. This is the war that's going on in your life and mine, whether we are conscious of it or not. And many, unfortunately, today, I think, 
are not conscious of it, which is scary because, as I said at the beginning of my homily, the quickest way to get defeated in a war is to think you're not in one, when in fact you are. On that note, I came across a great article online the other day by Catholic author John Horvath II. The article was about four of the strategies that Satan uses in the modern world to draw people away from Jesus Christ and to himself and ultimately to take them to hell. I'll share them with you this morning very briefly because I think they can help us to understand our enemy. It's very important that we know our enemy and how he tries to defeat us. This article is helpful in that regard. The first strategy the devil uses against people is to try to convince them that he doesn't exist. As John Horvath says in his article, Satan has sought by all means to cause mankind to disbelieve in him. He encourages a culture which spreads the idea that he does not exist or is not a threat. Once his existence is called into question, it is only a small step to convince mankind that moral evil in any form does not exist. Hence, disbelief in Satan destroys the need to fight against evil and our vices. Second strategy of Satan builds on the first, and it's to undermine people's faith in God. Horvat writes in his article, to disbelieve in Satan is to be logically committed to disbelief in God. By this strategy, the devil deprives us of our greatest and most powerful support in the fight against evil. He deprives us of the means for victory, since God will always triumph over the devil. Sadly, according to a lot of the polls that have been taken recently, this strategy of the devil is currently meeting with great success more and more because more and more people are calling themselves nuns these days. Nuns there is not spelled N-U-N-S, it's spelled N-O-N-E-S. Nuns, N-O-N-E-S, are those who claim no religious affiliation whatsoever. That number of people in our society is growing. Now, some of the nuns may not believe in God at all, Others in the group might believe in a God of some kind, but it's more than likely a God that they've created in their own image and likeness, which is always a very flawed God, and certainly not the real one. Satan's third strategy to seal souls and bring them to hell is to disguise evil and make it look good. Fortunately, this is another strategy that seems to be working these days, especially, I dare say, in our own nation. Think of all the moral evils that people in our society approve of and promote as good. Abortion, physician-assisted suicide, so-called gay marriage, gender ideology and all that goes with it, something that Pope Francis is always talking about even living together before marriage. All these things were once considered bad and sinful by almost everybody. But not anymore. Whose work is that? Well, it's not God's work, I can assure you of that. 
He's not responsible for these changes in morality. Which brings us to the final strategy that Satan uses in his war against us. He tries to get us to change our priorities, the order of our priorities. Now that may not seem like a big deal at first glance, but it can be. For example, why isn't this church filled to capacity this morning? Why aren't there as many people here at this Mass as we're here on Christmas Day, and as we'll be here on Easter Sunday? It's because of priorities. Unfortunately, for Christmas and Easter Catholics, worshiping Jesus and receiving his body and blood on a weekly basis is not the top priority on their list probably isn't on their list of priorities at all. Once again, that's not the work of the Lord. The quickest way to get defeated in a war is to think that you're not in one when in fact you are. Well, now we know. Now we know that we are indeed in a war. We know who our enemy is, and we know some of his tactics, some of his strategies. But most importantly, we know the one who can give us a share in the victory he's already achieved over our enemy, if we remain close to him and constantly seek his help. As St. John tells us in his first letter, greater is he who is in us, namely Jesus Christ, than he who is in the world, Satan. Let me close my homily this morning with a quote from C.S. Lewis. I just happened to come across this the other day in a book I'm reading on the Blessed Mother. It was perfect timing. I needed something to close my homily with today, and God provided it. C.S. Lewis wrote these words. He said, Christianity is a fighting religion. Not in the sense of hatred or violence against other persons, but rather in the spiritual struggle against the evil in ourselves and in the world around us, where our weapons are love, justice, courage, and self-giving. May Almighty God help us with his grace every day to use these weapons and win the war.